Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. And in the microphone, one Kyle Lee just getting a big breath, just yawned. Big breath of fresh air, you know, before we get started. Kyle, here. we're six seconds into the show, and you're already yawning. That wasn't a yawn. That was more of just a uh, preparation of extra breathing. Okay. That different breathing. Different breathing. I gotta, you're on the air. I gotta hold my breath the whole time. Yeah. We're doing this because these mics are so sensitive. We're normally to be like this. <laughs> so that deviated septum, you know, it's yeah, it's rough. You know, <laughs> it's rough. Uh, every well, well, Kyle. every breath is agony. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is this is a great great beginning. And uh, how are you doing, man? So good. <laughs> so good. Oh, that's so good. I, I I didn't realize you had to adjust your breathing so much uh, for for the podcast, but uh, sacrifices, sacrifices. Right? Well, we appreciate you you making the sacrifice, even though the rider has still not been upheld. Yep. And um, I did get contacted by your attorneys, yep. and uh, their letter immediately went in the trash. I'm supposed to have several oxygen tanks around me right now, just pumping me full of oh, oxygen. Oh, was that? I never actually read the writer, so I didn't know what was what was in it. So, I, I mean, that seems like a real health concern. You know, I mean, it'll be fine. I'll just put some, uh, I've got some essential oils that should clear it right up. Some lavender. That should change my bone structure of my nose. Yeah, I like and it. so, just a nice little essential oil cocktail on it later. <laughs> that'll, that'll take care of the yep. breathing. Well, Kyle, uh, we have another Kyle on the show today, the one and only Kyle Sheely. And, you know, I, I guess really, you know, he may be the one and only Kyle Sheely. You know, we found out a couple of weeks ago that you are not the one and only Kyle Lee. Um, but so maybe I should quit using that phrase, one and only. Well, I mean, if you want to hurt my feelings, that's fine. But Oh, well, eh, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Well, Kyle uh, did drop by to to share with us uh, one new great big creative endeavor that he is working on. But um, before we get there, Kyle, I do want to remind everybody that we are mere weeks away from our next gatherings, November 4th in Oklahoma City, November 5th in Tulsa. Both evenings begin at 7 p.m. And uh, you can get all the details at createinitiative.org. In Oklahoma City, we're at Destiny Christian Center, and in Tulsa, we're at Victory Church. And uh, it's it's going to be a great time. Richard Smith is going to be our presenter. He's going to bring swag. And uh, who knows what else? The Create that man Spooktacular. The Create Spooktacular. This it's is our. That uh, night only, the veil between our earth and the creative afterlife is extra thin. And so. So you can see into. So, yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> That's. Man, you really just opened up a portal there. Come on. Uh, a well. Wealth. Well. Is it well of not wealth of knowledge? It could be either. I think. I think I've heard it either way. A whale. I'm a blue whale of a, knowledge. You are a blue whale of knowledge. Not to be confused with the Twitter fail whale. What is that? You don't remember the fail whale? No. Okay. So, like in the first year of Twitter's existence, uh, it got so popular so fast that they couldn't keep up with the servers. The servers couldn't keep up, and so the servers would get overloaded, and an orange whale 
would show up on the screen and be like, "Uh oh, something went wrong. And it's like, you know, in the water and everything. So it became the fail whale. When I first signed up for Twitter, I just had a phone number and I would use my Motorola Razor (laughs) and I had Twitter as a contact and I would tweet out or I would text my tweets and that would go to the Twitter online. And so really, yeah, when I first got Twitter, uh, I didn't even have a phone that was capable of talking to Twitter. So everything was done on the old. Well, I mean, that was just a text message. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. It's craziness. I wonder if I still have Twitter as a contact. Yeah, we should on the air. Let's try this. And while while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and prep for our uh, conversation that we had with Kyle Sheely. Uh, Kyle, you may remember, has been with the Create Initiative. He's come to a couple of our gatherings. He is a super creative, um, super just fun guy to be around. He's been on the podcast before a couple years ago, and I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that and to get full context for what we talk about today because we kind of pick up today with where we left off a couple years ago. So if you want a full context on who he is, go back and listen to that episode. But uh, Kyle is an inspiring author, speaker, and cardboarder who has challenged tens of thousands of students across the nation to build a better world. And Kyle is currently working on his largest project to date, and that is the Viking funeral. And so we, we talk a lot about that. And uh, you get to find out a lot of uh, cool stuff that's going on with it. So, um, real fast, Kyle, did you find anything out? I guess I don't have them as a contact anymore. Oh, uh, that's that's depressing. Well, nevertheless, we still have this great conversation with Kyle. So, uh, without further ado, here is Kyle Sheely. As we just kind of get rolling here, Kyle, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what's happened in your life since we last talked? I think it's been a couple of years since we last had you on the show. Oh my gosh, man. A couple of years. A lot has happened in my life. <laughs> I don't remember, honestly, the last time that we talked, but um, like I remember it, but I don't remember when it happened. And so, man, I've probably had a kid since then. Uh, and I have four kids now and my youngest is two. So that sounds about right. And, um, just been traveling the world as a speaker, traveling the United States as a speaker and, and then working on this, this Viking ship project. I also, uh, sold a children's book to Chronicle books that'll be coming out in, uh, 2021 because those things take a long time. And, um, yeah, just I feel like I've always gotten a million different little side projects going on, but I, I think that the this Viking ship project has been the one that has taken up most of the last few years of my time. Yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about the Viking ship, but um, bef- before we get there, the kind of the thing that always pops out to me, Kyle, is um, you you are a man that just seems to have an endless supply of ideas, and I know it's not that easy. But, you know, you're, you're constantly just creating new things or coming up with ideas for new things, you know, even just following your Instagram stories, you know, it's like when you post like a something you find on the road and then the thought that goes with it. Um, like, <laughs> how, how do you how do you constantly come up with new ideas again and again? And, and maybe more importantly, how do you come up with them and then feel like it's OK to share them? Um, I think. I, I actually, um, going to say something that might be controversial. I don't think that I actually am, am, 
any better at coming up with ideas than the average person is. I like people have said that to me my whole life, like, oh, you're so creative and you come up with these ideas and stuff. But I just think I'm better at like keeping track of those ideas and fostering um, a, a like an environment in my brain where I want to come up with more ideas. Like, I, I think that most people, like the thing that people always say to me is like, I never have any ideas like you have. And I just know that that's not true because I've had conversations with that person where we'll be, you know, sharing a meal or out to coffee or something. And they'll just kind of offhandedly say something really funny where they'll be like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if this happened? And I'm like, that thing that you just said, that's an idea. And like, but they then just move on to the next thing. I think what I am good at and what I have like kind of cultivated in myself is the ability to catalog ideas and to um, be able to like have a way to reference those. So I'm just really good at writing ideas down. And, and that way, like whenever I need ideas, I have way more than I could ever use because I'm, I'm just constantly like anytime they come up, I make a point of writing it down. Cause I know that I'm not going to remember it otherwise. So, I mean, I have Evernote documents and notebooks and all of these places where I store ideas and, and they're cataloged in different ways so that when I need them, I can go back to them easily. So like I, I was talking to a friend this morning actually, and we were talking about how long it takes me to write a new talk. And I was like, that's kind of a hard question to answer because like a lot of times I will write a talk the morning of the talk. Like if like sometimes, I mean, I just did a talk at a national conference where there were 10,000 people and I was finishing the talk 30 minutes before I went on stage. And some people are like, that stresses me out just hearing that. But the truth is like what I really did was worked on a solid framework for talks for the last nine years of my life where I have an Evernote document that's just stories and like metaphors and I guess you would call them bits and like and and they're they're kind of segmented into, okay, this whole group of stories are stories that are primarily just funny. And this whole group of stories is stories that have some kind of a meaning and that they might be funny too, but they're primarily like they have a point. And this is a group of like, they're just bits. They're not really stories that happen to me. They're just sort of weird observations about the universe. And here's some quotes. And so like, I have all that stuff. And anytime, you know, if I'm out with a friend from childhood and he goes, do remember that time in second grade, this thing happened. And I don't remember that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I had forgotten all about that. I will then go back and write that into my stories and go, oh yeah, then like, I don't know if I'll ever use this, but if I ever need a story that tells this point, then I have it. So then when someone goes, can you write a new talk? I'm just looking at all the stuff I've all already collected and I'm going, oh yeah, this story. And then I'll do this one and then I'll do this one. And then really writing the talk is just about kind of connecting those dots. And so I think the same thing is true for ideas is that I think all of us are always having ideas. I think I'm just better at um, storing those. And then I also think when you do that, your brain kind of goes, Oh, you like ideas. I can bring you more of those, you know? <laughs> and when you, when you throw them away all the time, your brain doesn't pay attention to them. And, and when, when you start to collect them, your brain's like, Oh, okay. I didn't know you wanted those. I'll, I'll keep coming up with some weird stuff for you. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a great way to, to put it. Um, I, I, I really appreciate that. I, one, one thing I, I kind of think about is the, the challenge is actually putting that idea on paper or putting it in Evernote. Um, yeah. you know, that, that just seems to be, you know, and it's not even that big of a challenge other than the fact of just doing it. Um, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. And I, I think that like, 
I think people make things out to be a lot harder than they actually are. I think that, that if there's one thing that I'm good at, it's really just starting things. It's, I'm not even particularly good at finishing things, but I'm I'm good at being like, let's do this. Like, we're going to go try it. And and that leads like that first step is really like the hardest thing is just going from zero to one mile an hour on an idea. And so most of the other stuff you can figure out along the way. Um, and it's it's funny to me, like how impressed people are with very simple things that that like like I have uh, the last couple of years I've made maple syrup and um, I just found a maple tree in my backyard and tapped it and boiled it for syrup. And like you can find out how to do that all on the Internet. And it's really very easy. And it's actually like really fun. You just sit around a campfire for like two days boiling sap and and I have so many people that are like, oh, my gosh, that's so incredible that you have made your own syrup. Like, how did you? And I'm like, I just had an idea. And then I Googled it real quick. And it was like, oh, the time to do this is in, you know, February. And so I put a thing on my calendar for the next February and was like, hey, look this up. And I think most people just for whatever reason, just don't take that first step. And if they did, I think that they would realize how easy it is to do most things. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, Kyle, earlier you mentioned the uh, Viking funeral and this this massive project that you're working on. I, I think last time we had you on the show, you had done the kind of the original Viking funeral with the smaller cardboard ship. Um, yeah. But now you have a much larger idea. And can you maybe take us a little bit through the evolution of this, you know, this piece of cardboard and what you did with it and to what it's become now? Yeah, so this is one of those things where I I had never had any idea that this first project would turn into what this has turned into. And so a couple of years ago, I turned 30. And as a joke, instead of uh, having a birthday party to like celebrate turning 30, I decided I would have a funeral for my 20s to like mourn the death of my 20s. And um, instead of having a regular funeral, I was like, oh, I'll have a Viking funeral. That'll be really fun. And I'll build a Viking ship and, and we'll set it on fire. And I think most people would have like had that idea and then let and then been like, oh, that's funny. And then moved on and had a regular birthday party. And maybe some people would have had that idea and been like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to do it. And they would have spent a reasonable amount of time, like an afternoon building like a mailbox sized Viking ship, you know, and setting it on <laughs> fire. And I was I like. I've said before, like I have a lot of strengths, but subtlety and restraint are not among them. And so I, I was like, how about I take two weeks off of work and spend hundreds of dollars building this, like what at the time I thought was an enormous ship. And it was, it was eight feet tall and it was 16 feet long. And I built these big letters and numbers inside of it that said my twenties. And then it was this big dragon ship. And, um, I brought a bunch of my friends over and we set it on fire and shot Roman candles at it. And I also feel like it's hard to explain this on a podcast because whenever I tell people that like I make things out of cardboard, I can tell that they they assume that it's bad because <laughs> most stuff that you ever see that's made out of cardboard is very amateurish and it's very like looks like a couple Amazon boxes taped together and and I get that like I never had any idea that that cardboard art was a thing until like I saw an artist who was very talented at that. And so anyways, it, it's, it, it's didn't look like an, you know, some arts and crafts project. Like it was a very detailed ornate, like thousands of hand cut scales on this dragon. And, and then I set it on fire and that was like, for me, it was just another weird project that I did. And I kind of thought, Oh, this will be a thing that kind of people talk about for a little while and then they'll move on with their lives and I will move on with my life and I'll do another project. It'll just be like another thing that I did. And, 
um, it just did not go that way. Like right away, people were seemed very drawn to this idea for some weird reason. And, and I think that it, part of it was just this idea that like you could hold like a, a memorial for a decade of your life that you could kind of say like, Hey, you know what? That's behind me and I'm going to celebrate that. But at the same time, like I'm kind of laying that to rest. And then, and then in, in this video, I did like a 30 minute interview that got boiled down into, you know, a two minute video or whatever for that my friends made about this project. And in that, I said some stuff about basically just like, Hey, you know, I actually am kind of thinking about what I want to lay to rest for my twenties. It started as a joke, but you know, as I'm working on this, I'm kind of thinking like, well, what do I want to have in my thirties and what do I need to let go of to make that happen? And a lot of that interview didn't even make it into the video, but part of it did where I said something about, you know, you got to let go of the old to make room for the new. And that idea seemed to resonate with people. And so over the course of the next year, like I kind of thought, Oh, I'm on to the next thing. I'm making new projects. I'm doing new stuff. But that that project like just didn't go away. Like I just kept getting emails about it and I kept having people mention it. And like I did other cardboard art pieces that were almost as big or as detailed or more detailed. Um, and they were kind of like people were like, yeah, that's cool. But the, the Viking ship seemed to be the thing that people like really resonated with. And so a year later, I was like, well, this thing doesn't seem to be going away. Like, what is it about this? I mean, I even had another guy that did a Viking funeral for his 30s and or his 20s. And, and uh, when he turned 30 and he made a much more reasonably sized ship, it was you know like a mailbox size or something. But but um, so I, I realized that like all the emails and messages I was getting about this were basically the same message where they just said, this is really inspiring. This is really great. Uh, like, I wish I could, you know, I've got some stuff I want to let go of from my past. And I wish, I just wish I had like a cool way of doing it. Like, I, I wish I could have a Viking funeral. And so I was like, well, I mean, why can't you have a Viking funeral? And then I realized like, well, most people just don't have the time or the energy or the insanity to devote to, to that. So I kind of thought like, well, if that would help you, if you think like a ceremony would help you let go of this thing, I can do that part. So I kind of, I, I announced, um, a year after the first Viking funeral, I was like, I'm going to do it one more Viking funeral, but this one isn't going to be for me. It's going to be like for all of us. And cause I, I realized that all of us kind of have stuff in our past that we're still carrying around and we're not really sure why. And we've never stopped to evaluate or examine it and go like, why do I have this? And is this serving me to serve the world? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad? Like we just kind of carry stuff around. And I think that a lot of times uh, I kind of make the analogy that there's two people inside each of us. Like there's the person that we want to be. There's like our aspirations and hopes and dreams. And, and this, this person we're like, man, my best self would be if I could be this. And then there's the person that we used to be. And really only one of those people can steer the ship. And for most of us, it's the person that we used to be is kind of holding the reins back. And, 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 you know, every time we're like, I'm going to try this new thing. There's this voice in the back of our heads. It's like, yeah, I remember last time you tried a new thing that didn't go very well. Or it reminds us of a, a time that we were a failure or something that we did or something that was done to us. And, and I was, I realized like most of us have this stuff and we just need to let it go. And for some of us, I think a ceremony of, of like, Hey, I'm officially laying this to rest. Um, for whatever reason that has some power. And so I was like, I'll give this prompt and people can write down the thing that they have that they want to let go of and, and they can mail it to me. And then I will build a giant Viking ship and I will set them all on fire. And you set this whole thing on fire, kind of like a, a, a memorial of like, hey, we're laying to rest the people that we used to be in order that we might let go of that burden and move forward to become the people that we that we want to be. And um, 
I announced that project and I, I was hoping that it would take a year and I was hoping that best case scenario that I could get 10,000 people to send in their regrets. And it has taken uh, two years now, over two years, and uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but also the response, part of which, uh, part of the reason it's taken longer is the response has just been way bigger than I thought. And so I'm almost up to 17,000 regrets that have been sent in by people from all over, um, old people, young people, um, and of all walks of life. And, and so I'm now kind of coming down the final stretch and, and finishing the Viking ship. And, um, in the next month or two, I'm going to drag it out into a field somewhere and, uh, and set it on fire. <laughs> what a fitting end. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, that is just, it's so amazing and it's so awesome to see this, this thing happen. And I mean, could you have imagined the 17,000 people who've, who've sent you uh, something that they want to let go of? No, I, I had no idea. I'm, which is funny because I think other people did. I, I have a friend who's a, an Imagineer at Disney, and I had sent him like the pitch video that I was working on to kind of announce the project, and and I sent him some just uh, an email about the idea and what I was thinking and stuff. And he wrote back, and he was like, uh, "This is really great, dude." He's like, "I think the only problem that you're going to have is you're going to get way too many responses." And I was like, "Yeah, I yeah, right, because I didn't have any real plan other than I'll just announce this on social media and see what happens." And um, yeah, it's just kind of it, it just snowballed. And the other thing is like. I didn't realize how impactful it would be for people because, um, like personally, I'm not a person that, that like writing something down on a card and like submitting it to a project is like this big, meaningful thing to me. Um, but I, I've had so many people that like sent letters in afterwards or have emailed me or direct messaged me or whatever. And they're like, whatever reason, for whatever reason, like me writing that thing down was, was like a physical release for me and being able to finally like say, Hey, I'm, I'm done with this thing. I'm, I'm not picking this up anymore. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been really a, a really cool thing to be a part of. And, and I almost feel like, um, well, I do very much feel like the, the project has gone way beyond me and it's just, it's, I'm sort of a steward for this much, much bigger thing that's happening. Yeah, it, it really is awesome from an outside perspective, just seeing it happen. I'm like, it's just amazing. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, you, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, but um, ultimately, what are you hoping will happen uh, as a result of, of this journey? Uh, what, what will happen for you and what will happen for the people who've submitted something? Um, I'm, I'm hoping for the people that submitted something that, that this is... Maybe it gives them a release or it opens a door for conversation or for thought for them um, to just begin thinking about like who do they want to be and and what is going to keep them from becoming that. Um, there's this uh, a big part of the inspiration for this was this quote that's attributed to um, this British philosopher uh and, and it's the quote is, um, the, the guy's name is Alan Watts. And the quote is that you are no, you are under no obligation to be the person that you were five minutes ago. And I remember hearing that and being like, wow, that's really deep. And there's a lot of truth to that, but why don't we live like that? Like we all like, I mean, the haircut thing is a perfect example of like, I, I thought this was like this big decision I was making. And ultimately like, everyone just kind of supported whatever I wanted to do. Like nobody really cared. Um, they were like, Oh, that's cool, man. You cut your hair. And then they just moved on with their life. And I think there's so many areas in our lives like that where 
we let anxiety or depression or our um, ideas of what other people might be thinking about us or societal pressure, we, we carry all these different things that influence our behavior and they're influencing our behavior in sometimes ways we're not even aware of. And, and when we start to poke at them or question like, is this valid or why do I have this? Or like, is, am I, is there a good reason I have this thing? And a lot of times you realize, I don't even know where I got this. Like, I don't, no individual gave this to me. Like, I seem to have just decided to carry this around. And then sometimes it was some individual that gave you something and you just have to actively make a decision of like, oh, just because that person said this, that doesn't mean it's true. That doesn't mean I have to accept it. That doesn't mean that I have to believe this about myself or about the world. And I can just decide to lay this thing down. And so, yeah, my hope is that this would be um, a, a kind of a relief, like a, take a burden off of people and and let them start living unencumbered. Um, I, I, I was at this backpacking workshop a couple years ago where this, this lady had been like a long distance hiker and had hiked, you know, all these trails all over the country where she's hiking for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. And, you know, it's like shipping food ahead of time to different post offices and then going and picking that up. And, and like at, at this workshop, she's showing all of her gear and it's all this like advanced ultra light sleeping bag and an ultralight backpack and everything's, you know, trying to minimize weight. And then she had bought this probably two or $300 backpack. And then she showed how she had just butchered this backpack. Like she adjusted the straps to fit her. And then she cut the straps off right below the buckles. And then she did that with all of the different, like the, the belt, you know, strap that goes around your waist. She, she adjusted that one and then cut off all the excess. But then she went as far as like going into any of the pockets that she wasn't using, she would cut them out. And any of like the the little gear loops on the outside of the backpack, she, you know, there might have been 12 or 15 on there. She cut down until she only had two of them on there because she was like, I'm only going to use two of these. And she cut all this mesh out. She cut all this. And she showed like had a little pile of all the stuff that she had cut off the backpack. And it was not a ton of stuff, but it was this little kind of pile of stuff. And I was I was like appalled by that because I was like, that's a $300 backpack that you just made worth $0. And I was like, why would you do that? So I raised my hand and I asked like, why would you do that? And she said this thing, which it, it's a hiking community saying it's like a, it's like a known thing in the hiking community. But it struck me as like, that's one of the most profound truths I've ever heard. And she said, um, ounces become pounds and pounds become pain. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I know that you're talking about a backpack right now, but I feel like you're talking about life. Like that and the, the the idea in the hiking community is like it doesn't really matter that much if you have all of those straps and webbing and all that if you're hiking a mile or if you're hiking 5 miles or 10 miles. But at some point there's going to your body is going to start going, is there anything we have that we don't need cuz every step I have to carry this. Like every every step forward I'm is there do we have anything we can get rid of here? And I love that idea um, for hiking, but I love it even more for life of what are the things that I picked up along the way that I don't need this anymore. This maybe it served me at one time and maybe it never did. And and I think a lot of us are like, well, I'm strong. You know, we have this American like like I'm a pioneer mentality of like I can carry it. And it's like, yeah, you can carry it for a mile or five miles or ten. But at some point. It, there, there's going to be some pain that comes from that because you decided to carry that thing around. And so, yeah, to answer your question of what, you know, what I hope will happen for people, I hope that they let go of that stuff, um, to prevent pain in their own lives and in the lives of their loved ones and in, in our culture and our society and the people around them. And, um, yeah, because I, I really do believe that that ounces become pounds and, and pounds become pain.
Is it is it still possible for people to be a part of the Viking funeral? Like, are you still taking submissions? Yeah. Then, um, actually, so originally I was planning on burning the ship around that time, like around the end of the month. And, um, but then, but that's not going to happen now. It's going to be a couple weeks after that because, um, a couple weeks ago I got an email from, uh, my buddy Brad Montague, who's this amazing creator and he's the guy that's behind all the kid president videos. And he, he was basically like, Hey, we're doing this kid president finale send off series. And we'd love to like make this a part of it. It fits in really well with the messaging and stuff. And so, um, I was like, yeah, so they came up and shot this whole video. It was, a, it was really great. We did a whole day long event and, um, we were hoping that like, we announced it like two days before and we we're like, man, if we could get 30 or 40 people here, that'd be great. And like over a hundred people showed up and wow. it was just this amazing experience. Um, but that video won't air until like, I think the 29th or something. Okay. And so we want to give people who see that video time to submit things before we burn the ship so um yeah my guess is mid or mid november will be when we burn the ship so if people want to submit um you can go to www.vikingfuneral.me and there's a form that you can fill out there and all of those submissions will be printed out and put on the ship um or if you want to like hand write something that i know that's meaningful to some people um you can mail that to p.o box 16 so 16 p.o box 16 springfield missouri 65801 um and you can just write viking funeral in the address and we will take all of those things and um and burn those as well well kyle that's great um you know i sincerely uh just enjoy our conversations. Um, you're just such a great guy to talk to. And um, I know the people who listen to this podcast who've who've heard you at some of our gatherings, they've always enjoyed what you have to say. And so uh, just kind of as we wrap this up, are there any words of encouragement that you might have for fellow creatives out there who are uh, trying to do new things all the time? Yeah, I, I would just say give yourself grace and give yourself understanding and and understand too that um most people are not paying as much attention as you think that they are and i know that that in some ways is is like depressing because you're like man i need i want eyeballs on this stuff that i'm doing but what i mean is that like i mean it in the best possible ways that when you come out with new stuff people are excited about it but when you hit delays in the process or or when things don't turn out as well as you wanted or or things like that like people aren't watching that and going, look at this idiot. You know, like I, I think, I don't know if maybe I'm the only person that does that, but I, I feel like I'm probably not that, that we tend to like be our own worst critics. This project has taken me two years. I thought it was going to take a year and, um, I have hit so many setbacks. And the reason, part of the reason it took two years is because I kept getting kicked out of the warehouses that I was building the ship in. And it wasn't because of anything I did. It was just because I didn't have, I was like month to month lease in these places. And, and the landlord was like, Hey man, this is a cool project, but we're going to turn this into loft apartments. So like you have to be out in 30 days. And I just kept having that happen where I'd like, I started building this ship three different times and every Every time I was like, man, if I have to do this one more time, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it again. Like I was just so low on morale. And, and then like there were multiple times when I would come in and a part of the ship had like fallen apart because the warehouse I was in was un like temperature con- climate controlled. And so it would get really hot in there and that would like weaken the hot glue that I was using. And I mean, just a few weeks ago, I came in after the kid president shoot and the entire middle part of the ship had basically collapsed because it was really hot. And it's just been so many things like that where I'll come in. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But um, it's two steps forward, one step back. But every single time I'm like thinking about giving up, 
people come alongside and they're like, dude, I'm so excited about this project. It's made such an impact on me or like it opened up a conversation with my my mom or my kid or my friend or my spouse. And and so I'm like, oh my gosh, it is impacting people. And and I, I tend to want to throw in the towel because it didn't go exactly the way that I wanted it to. And so I would just encourage others, other creatives to see things that way through that lens. Um, there were there was a day earlier this year where I got two emails on the same day and they, uh, and they both like really helped me uh, underscore this. One of them was a recommendation for a documentary. And this documentary, I went and looked at it and it was it's about like um, people who competitively fly ultralight paper airplanes. It's like a very, very niche industry. And I love documentaries about like the weirdest, most narrow thing. But I was watching this trailer and I was like, this is beautiful. So I started researching the documentary and I found out it had been funded on Kickstarter like seven or eight years ago. And it just now is coming out. And I thought about that and I realized I don't care about that at all. Like there's no part of that in my brain that's like, oh, I'm disappointed that it took them this long. I, I just go, I'm glad that this thing exists in the world. However long it took is, that's how long it took. And I'm sure there were the people who are making that, I'm sure when when they thought they were gonna take a year to make this documentary and all of a sudden it's two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, eight years, they're like thinking all of our Kickstarter backers hate us. Nobody's ever gonna watch this movie. You know, all that they're kind of probably beating themselves up over that when actually it's just, that's how long it took. And then the second, the second email was I got the same morning was from um, the the writer John Acuff, and it was something I'm probably gonna butcher the number, but it was something that was like ten lessons that it took me 42 years to learn, and I was like, John Acuff is 42, and or however old he is, he's in his 40s, and I have always thought that John Acuff was a few years older than I am, and John Acuff is probably nine years older than I am, and then I was like doing research, and I was like. Oh, John Acuff's first book came out when he was my age. And so like, I'm, I tend to think, oh, I'm 33. Like I haven't done, I haven't started, you know, Facebook sized company or something. Or like my best days are behind me. And it's like, no, actually this is when most people start doing any kind of like career moves is like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I think you could find that example for anybody. There are people that don't start doing their best work until they're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And so our inner critic tells us like, your best days are behind you. Like you're, you you missed the boat. And I think that that's just not true. And so if, if I could give any piece of encouragement to other creatives, it's just don't give up and just keep creating stuff because that's what we need from, from the world is people who are engaged and people who are creative and people who are coming up with new ideas and new solutions and, and new silly things too. I think that there's value in, in that kind of stuff as well. We want to thank Kyle again for being on the show. And don't forget, you can go to vikingfuneral.me to become part of what he's doing with the Viking funeral. That he, He's hoping to have the burning ceremony uh, within a couple weeks. And so go to vikingfuneral.me and check it out. Uh, or And just follow his Instagram account. I told him uh, kind of off the air, his Instagram stories are uh, great. And so uh, check him out on Instagram. You can catch all that in the show notes. And uh, Kyle, before we get out of here, we want to remind everyone one more time, 
Our Create gatherings are November 4th in Oklahoma City at Destiny Christian Center and November 5th in Tulsa at Victory Church. Both evenings will begin at 7 p.m. They're totally free to attend. We just ask that you register so that we know you're coming. And you can register at createinitiative.org. And if you'll click on gatherings, you'll find all the information. And you'll even be able to read a little bit about Richard Smith, who uh, really is excited to present. And we're excited to have him. And uh, it's just going to be a fun evening. This will be our last event of the year, Kyle. Mm. Yeah, that's so sad. But... If all goes well, at that last event of the year, we will have some pretty big announcements to make about yeah. 2020. Bring your checkbooks. Bring your checkbooks. Um, and uh, but no, we we seriously we we've been planning and mapping out what 2020 might look at look like, and uh, so you'll find out. Hopefully, you'll find out more information at the gatherings. And uh, maybe get just a little bit of a, a head start uh, for the people who don't show up. So um, stay tuned for all that. November 4th in Oklahoma City, November 5th in Tulsa. We hope to see you there. Well, Kyle, the end has come, my friend. You began the show with a breath. You can finally breathe again. You can finally breathe again. You ended the show with a breath. Well, Kyle, uh, thank you for, for taking time to be on the show. We want to thank Kyle Sheely again for being on the show. And um, you got anything else, Kyle? Um, I'm just, I think they're cutting out the oxygen supply up here or something. Yeah. Shorter breath. Shorter breath. <laughs> well, for Kyle Lee, I am Jason Evans, and we thank you for listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, let us know. Drop us a line. Um, hit us up on our contact page on the website hit us up on the Twitters or Instagrams or Facebooks or text us your tweets text us your tweets and uh, we would love to interact and maybe even share some of your ideas on the show and uh, yeah so we look forward to hearing from you well for Kyle I'm Jason and we will see you in a couple weeks